Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm Neville Dunhoo, and this is a podcast for benchwarmers. On today's show, I have former Tyrone footballer and three-time All-Ireland winner, Owen Mulligan. Sit back, relax, and give it a listen. Enjoy. Owen Mulligan. Owen, how are you? All good, man. What about yourself? Yeah, sure. Not too bad. Thanks a million for coming on the pod. Um, before we before we go into talk about the football, I'm very interested because obviously we follow you on, follow you, follow you on Instagram. And you're, you have a pub, do you, up in Crookstown? I do. We have one in Crookstown and one in Liverpool. Um, so do you, I'd say you've you seen a couple of posts last Wednesday with a band called Two Degrees in. Yeah. Um, so we had and they absolutely packed the place out. Uh, full of students, very good. And um, we have them up in Crookstown all the time. They're really, really good lads. So um, everybody seems to know them around the places and they're starting to build a a reputation across the water as well so long may they continue because it kind of bounce off each other it helps Liverpool and it helps us as well Right is that a was that a family pub on or did you start it yourself? No I started it myself started it myself I'm actually in Liverpool with two lads uh, from Dremore uh, MFC so they are um, a big company back home and they're, they're growing as well so as I said it's tough it was tough over uh, COVID and the pandemic um, it's been closed and stuff and just different things they got. It was it was a tough station to be at, but thankfully we'll come out the other side of it. No, definitely. And I suppose last Wednesday was that a big night for you because of the Celtic Rangers match. That's the whole the whole of Liverpool was buzzing. So it was it just wasn't Mulligans. It was uh, just walking down the street. You just seen lines of students and and they were rejoicing at the Celtic victory. I'm not into Scottish football. I'm not into Celtic, but. Um, you know all the songs, and you were kind of joining in with them, and it was a, it was great. I suppose people are glad to get out there as well, um, back, back to normality a bit, and those rejoicing in, in the streets and singing in the streets, and the weather wasn't that bad over there. So, yeah, um, it was a, a great, a great uh, spectacle for all the bars over there. Am I? Are you a Liverpool fan, or do you follow anyone? I'm a Liverpool fan, massive Liverpool fan. Yeah, sorry, what you? I suppose you must be happy with uh what you hope, Champions League this year? Has the Premier League probably gone past you? Uh, Champions League would be more real, realistic, I think, than the league. I think we're away, but we're too far behind now and, and City doesn't seem to be letting up. Yeah. Um, from an early age, I've been I've been a fan. Um, it's kind of probably strange because the, the older brother, he's Man United. Right. And you usually, you usually follow your older brother, but no, I don't know what made me follow Liverpool. I think it was maybe John Barnes. I was a massive John Barnes fan of me day and Robbie Fowler as well, so... Right. Um, the rest is to talk about. I suppose then I'll ask you then on as well. So that's about that you were recently after getting back involved with the Tyrone under twenties. Um, what made you get back involved there? Um, it was just complete freak to be honest with you. Um, I had no interest in in going and managing or uh, helping out to train or be a part of anything. So it wasn't it was uh, I served my time with Fulham Irish. We were I was lucky enough to play for them when I was over in London and we won a championship and then they asked me to manage and I went in to manage them and we were beating the final by Tertonal Yales and it, it, it hit me hard. I, I, I didn't like, we had a chance to win it, I suppose. I probably blamed myself for a couple of decisions I made in the line, uh, but 
I said it's a hard one to take, um, especially when you're kind of used to winning uh, underage and then seniors, and then you go across the water and you won a championship. So it was probably a natural regression to me. I was all under maybe managing the team and training the team, but um, I think I needed a break and I come back and it's actually Dermy Carlin, one of the the coaches, got in contact with me and I know Paul Devlin, the manager from years ago, playing playing with him um, against uh, like Murtown Malagi. So it was. I hesitated at the start and then they come and met me in the, the pub and we had a good chat and their ideas were like, my ideas, you know, uh, everything for Tyrone and when Tyrone come calling, it's very hard to say no and I found that in an early age. So, as I said, I'm, I'm in now from the start of November and I'm really, really enjoying it. The lads are top class. They have a good team there. Um, you can you can see they're, they're, they're listening to you every time you're in the training pitch. They're looking to get better and it's not like your average club team where you're going up the train and somebody's not there and their excuses say, I'm away to my girlfriend's party and I'm away playing golf. And it's not, it's not like that. It's the drone boys are there from half six. They're out in the field for seven. And we usually started at, at half seven, but we're starting at quarter past because they're eager bunch of lads and they want to win. They want they, like we're training up in Gravahe and they see the senior boys down below us and the, and the second field down. That's their, that's their aim. And they want to go down and, and train with them and make, make a senior player. And it's up to us to kind of, hopefully progress them and, and train them well and, and do that. So this is your f- first year with the Tyrone under-20s. Is is management something you think you'd like to pursue? Because obviously your, your former teammate... Brian... I'm very happy with I'm very happy with the training at the minute, training, training role. Um, I do a lot of training myself. I train every day, maybe a, a, a night as well. But um, it was, managing was a, a part of a part of what I wanted to do but as I said I got a bit of a sickener across the water I know it's I know it's not a, I'm probably been spoilt with bringing been brought into the troll on the 20s because as I said before there's no excuse there's no silly excuses there Um, I have to stay away I have to do this I have to do that your excuses you're thrown under 20 trend and, and it's great to see that yeah um, then I suppose one well, I wanted to ask you about yesterday because um, I don't know where you at the match Armagh versus Tyler. I was where you at like I was it was, it was absolutely freezing yeah, what would like what I'll ask you is like obviously um the referee he's coming under a lot of spotlight and I was watching the highlights last night. Five red cards yesterday, like it's a cl- classic Tyrone Armagh game, but like what how did like Tyrone end up getting four red cards? And I was looking at the instant and I couldn't see any clean punches or anything, you know. To be fair, um the match was the match was great, the atmosphere was great. There was over fourteen thousand on it. It's Tyrone have been way ahead of Armagh for for maybe 10 years now. At the end of the day, they were the first team to win the All-Ireland. And I'm not afraid to say this. They probably showed us the way because they won it in 2002. We come and won it in 2003. But we've progressed. Armagh, I'd say, won All-Ireland didn't do that team justice. So they've come in. They've beat Dublin. Now we've been down the road to them. It's an Ulster derby. It's very, very hard to referee. I'm not going to sit here and come on and say, oh, I did this and did that. But I am like you. I didn't see a punch through. The olden days now, um, men stood toe-to-toe. They would have been punches through. <laughs> These times now, they seem to be into the UFC. They seem to be grabbing in the headlocks and, and pulling each other down. Mm-hmm. I know when we go to the field fights, my father always says, make sure you the wire behind you and swing. So <laughs> there would seem to be none of that there. And for the ref to pull... Four to own boys out. Even the Armagh, even the Armagh fella, it, it seemed to be strange. All right, he was sitting back and watching it, which probably you're advised to do, but I just it was very, very strange. I think 
uh, I think most of them will get off, to be honest. But yeah. we, we, we seen that men are not going to stand back. It's, it's whoever looks down first in a derby match. And two, their two teams, highly strong. The, the atmosphere was electric and they were just going at it. It was a, it was a great, great game. I think Tyrone maybe left it too, too uh, much to do in the, fir- in the first half. They were seven or eight points down, but they were coming back at them. It would have been interesting to see if men had stayed on, what way it would have finished. But look, um, as I said, there was unsavory instances on the Dublin and Kerry game, and I don't think that was mentioned as well. But as I said, two teams like that are not are never going to back down, and we're never going to cut that out. It's pushing and shoving. It's in the game. You see it everywhere. You see it in soccer. You see it in Gillick. You see it in Aussie rules. They're marking their territory, territory, and you know that's what it's all about. It's a man's game, after all. Yeah, no, definitely. And I want to ask you then about, I suppose, Tyrone, because like obviously. He had such a good year last year. Like, do you think? How do you think Tyrone are progressing already this year? Do you think you can follow it up and lift Sam again? It's crazy how you. It's crazy how you see uh, or hear people in the stands. Oh, we're finished and what has been on, and we're drunk out after the Lord Iron final and this. Um, we got this. I listened to this when I was a player myself. It's probably not fair to like, judge Tyrone at the minute. They are only after Lord Ireland. They were very unlucky not to, to beat Monaghan, to be honest. Uh, are mad they probably left themselves too much to do but I wouldn't be hitting the panic button just yet a um, few players have left the squad they're going to need another couple of players in but I thought they were exceptional in the second half they took the game to Armagh uh, some some slick moves alright Dar McCurry hasn't hit the, the ground running but he's more of a summer player to be honest with you it's, it's January it's January weather gale force wind hard pitches you know this horses for courses and that sort of crack but um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the summer. I'd actually, I'd actually the pleasure of having having them in uh, the Tuesday, the one they are in Ireland, and they're motivated young fellas. The Gaelic players get a, a bad name these days, you know, uh, doing this and doing that. But them boys were, you know, exceptional young fellas to come into the bar, had the cracks, had had you know stood for their photographs, mingled with mingled with customers, and that's what it's all about. And they're they're going for they're they're looking two in a row, and you know it's never been done before. Into her own, so why not this team? I, I think they've every chance. Yeah, uh, I suppose then just a word like on um, Kieran McGeary because he got a uh, football of the year last year, and a lot of the Tyrone fellas actually follow us. Like you know, um, what do you think of him last year? Because I remember I was actually talking to a lot of Tyrone fans, and actually the other question I'd like to ask as well. Second question is that: Is there anybody that would feel sorry for me? Oh, you know, because like you know, it's the same every year. Like we're nearly all sick of it now, but like. I really thought that was Mayo's chance of winning the All Ireland, but like, do you ever feel any bit of sorrow for Mayo? Absolutely, you know, you know, everybody wants the, the underdog to to prevail and be a happy ending and be a, a great love story. But at the end of the day, they've been to the well so many times. It's, it's great character to them to keep coming back and keep coming back for more. It's just that they've met like you when you, when you look at it, they've met a, a Dublin team that's been at the peak of their powers for what six seven years they've, they've took them to the wire and just that final last five ten minutes is it a, is it in the heads i don't really know if it is it's just they've met better teams Tyrone played them you know i call i i, I actually fancy Tyrone against Kerry. now i halted a wee bit on the Tyrone mayo I, I felt, like mayo to me i thought that the beatings of Tyrone, but that day it was unbelievable it was unbelievable uh to watch Throne, they, they played fire with fire, they attacked with everything, they come at them in droves, and Mayo had no answer. 
to that there, going on to your other question, Kieran McGeary, he lives about probably 12, 13 miles away from me, and he teaches up the school. He's a complete role model uh, of a man. Chatting to him there a few weeks ago, very, very humble young fella and knows the crack about, you know, Gaelic football and what it should be about. And he's so committed. And it's great to see him, somebody so close to us, get the player of the year. It's great for Holy Trinity College too. We've got Peter Canavan teaches up there and we've got Kieran McGeary up there. And now we're in the Curry Cup final uh, on this Sunday against the convent. So it just shows you that the young lads are looking up to them boys. And, you know, that's what it's all about. If you can, you know, imagine your hero teaching you, uh, teaching you on the training ground and they're they're looking up to him. And, and as I said, Kieran McGeary was well, well-deserved uh, player of the year last year. I got finally about the All-Ireland because i got to ask you is... Uh, well, like, it's just funny, like, because, yeah, you say Mayo, like, I just remember that game and I remember the Mayo keeper coming out for the ball and you're wondering why did he come out? But I also got to ask you about <laughs> Pat Spillane and um, is it the, Christ, what, Sean Kavanagh, the dispute they had on, uh, and say, <laughs> I won with a cute yeah, it, No, what do you think of that? It was, uh, it was, uh, it was great TV. Um, I didn't go down to the All-Ireland final because we were short-staffed here, but we got the big screen out the front and it was, Again, a spectacle for everybody. Not everybody could get tickets. The the crowd it was in the bar, but that that could probably one of the biggest cheers of uh, of the day. It was it was great great television. And Sean Cabinet held his own, to be honest with you. Um, he's he's a very good pundit. Pat, I enjoy him as well. It's everybody's required taste, but they were they were they both they both had a good argument. But you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> I think he's more worried about you know the. The Kerry's and the drones, and you have to be, you have to be a couture. Kerry's been couture's lifetime and got away with. It. So maybe that Pat's got a wee bit more uh, medicine than he first thought. You know, with, with Cal sticking up for his, his fellow uh, drone mates. Right. Um, I got to ask you then, obviously, about your own career then, uh, Owen. Um, like obviously, it's well known that Peter Canavan was your teacher in school, and uh, then you're saying there like how you you play with your heroes. You know, like how. How good was it for him to teach you and then you go on and win an All-Ireland with him? I don't think it was good good for him to teach me, to be honest with you. I had no, not really a much interest in the, in the classroom. As for about 14 other fellas uh, with me, um, we come, the school I was at was actually in Derry, some passes. And after five years, you had to leave that. So I did a, a course in Holy Trinity and, and it seemed to be other fellas from different other schools did the same. And, you knew from an early uh, roll call in the school that we had had a bad outfit here because the team itself was Peter's form class. Yeah. Um, we we started to go out to train and, and we started to probably misbehave in other classes except his because he had the respect. We had the respect for him and he was getting that probably more hassle from teachers to kind of keep us in the straight and narrow. But as I said, we grew exceptional both feet, the way he could move, dummy. He had it all, so to be to be taught him in school, it, you know, I had utmost most respect for him. But as I said, you knew what teachers to mess about uh, with, and he wasn't one of them. Um, but as to the training field, he was an exceptional trainer and, and teacher, and then to, to finally get playing with him, I was I would say I was a bit nervous when I first first started, but we seemed to hit it off. Uh, right and quick, because everybody says, "Why, why do you hit the ball to Peter all the time?" and like, well, as soon as you got the ball, he was always free. He was always out in front. So, you know, that was what it was all was about. His, his movement was exceptional, and I kind of fed off that. So, I says we, we hit it off. We hit it off very well over the years. Yeah. 
What uh, and then I'm just asking about your growing up then in Tyrone because you say you're a Liverpool fan. Did, did you play soccer? And I've been to the north a few times to play Dungannon. I know it's in far from here with a rugby club and like it's a huge sporting county up there. Like so, was it always football for you for day one? Uh, no, I just uh, grew up grew up in a Cookstown uh, all my life. So we went out to actually a, a Derry primary school in Drummond and played a bit out there with uh, the late Sean Mulligan and Uncle. He was principal out there, so he drove us out there every morning. And um, good times out there as well. Then we could, uh, went to Sophias, uh, Mark Felt School, uh, secondary school. But no, it, it just wasn't Gaelic, it was soccer. Um, I don't know if you heard, heard about it down there in the Milk Cup. It would be pretty prestigious in Portrush, so all the big kind of soccer teams there. Everybody dreams of playing for Liverpool and Man United at one stage. I was no different. Um, I thought I was going to play, but uh, my friends used to tell me my first touch was my last, so I kind of knew the kind of knew the crack. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I was I was probably swaying more towards the Gaelic because Tyrone were starting to you know get good and get into All Ireland finals and win Ulster titles and I knew all the players and you know you had the jerseys Christmas and stuff like that. So it was only it was only a natural progression if you wanted to play for the county and I suppose my father he captained a, a Tyrone vocational All Ireland uh, side in the sixties and he always was. Um, pushing it towards the Gaelic and the Mulligans and, and Cookstown are steeped in GA history so it was probably that, that way for me and it was no difference for probably any other family the Cookstown Father Ox was, was only uh, again a natural progression to go up there and, and show showcase your skills Yeah, what do you what you put down the explosion for Gaelic football up in Tyrone, you know, because like like you've won four All Irelands now, and um, I was watching actually clips of that '98 minor team that you were on, and like mm. obviously a crowd of young players come through, but like like football up in the north is just well, it's always been good, but now you're actually winning cups, like you know. Yes, yes, no, there's been a lot of work put in. Again, you mentioned schools and Holy Trinity there, and um. Some people has labelled that, to be honest, that uh, 97 team that was beat um, and then the 98 team that went on and, and won it. They, they were great times for throwing. It, it showed that we could, you know, compete with the carry. There was a great leash team there with Beano McDonald. We, we beat them, so we did, in, the, in, the, in 2008. And then we did a back-to-back under-21s, but that, that was unheard of before Peter Callum's team did it. So when you're hearing that this great under-21 team of Peter Cannons are coming up, they got to the final and were beat. And we never really heard any more from that. And then us guys come along and I suppose put the, the foot to the board and, and says, right, let's let's try this. And of course, Mickey Hart was over that team and he he was highly driven and he didn't want to just he didn't want to just take part uh, and challenge. He wanted to win and he can install that on us. And from 98 onwards, there was this conveyor belt as we talk about to come through and and, and, and compete and win win trophies and that there was then Sean Calvin's age come in and they won another Ireland and it was just kept coming through and feeding and, and there was four or five boys making the senior team then and then eventually 2003 Mickey got the Mickey got the call and we all went in and we all knew what he was about and it was zero zero tolerance it was just one at all costs and, and that's what happened and that's probably what kicked on the yeah. the 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 growth of the Gaelic football around here, anyway. But even you know, what's very impressive is that like you, you won three All Irelands in the noughties, but like it seems the work has been done underage. You know, like you won the All Ireland last Ab- year. You know, the work absolutely, absolutely. Um, you, you look back at the schools there, and you look. You only have to go up and see the coaches up in the Far Ox. 
Cookstown there, they're, they're always looking to better themselves. They're always going to courses. You see the facilities there, the out in Carvajal. I've only, I never got to train on it. I probably trained on it once. But I, I was mind-blown when, when I walked up there uh, mid-November. I couldn't believe it. It's it's a facility second to none, um, you know, in our, in our county. And that's what it's all about. Clubs are investing as well. They're out selling tickets. They're looking their facilities to be as good as that there. And if your facilities are good, that's another that's another plus. People want to come and play for you. And people want to go. You have a weights session there. You have different drills and things to do. And, you know, that's all to do. And, and it's Gaelic football has, has definitely progressed up their own. And, and they want to be the best. No, definitely. We got, I put up last night that you were coming on and we got a few questions in from. I, I, actually, see, I actually see them. Keep it clean now. Yeah, Keep I will. Well, basically, the first question anyway was, what did you think of Pat Milan's comment of puke football in the when you were going well in the noughties? Yeah, I've been asked that a couple of times. To be honest with you, other players kind of use that as a second up tool. Um, I remember I've been read out um, by Mickey Hart in the, one of our one of our, our, our kind of watching video sessions and stuff. It, it didn't really bother me. It, it probably bothered other people, but. I can see other teams, you know, other teams use that, you know, clip it up on the wall and, and, and you know, be frosted the mouse and taking the door, the hinges going out. We, we didn't do that. We didn't really care. And, and, and I remember uh, Colin Work saying that about Brian Duher as well. And, it, you know, it didn't really bother us. Um, so it didn't, it, you know, we just, it was water off a duck's back. We were that probably focused on just yeah. the next game. And then I suppose the other one then was, um, uh, obviously, there are certain moments in sport. Someone asked this anyway, but I actually me- remember exactly where I was when you scored that goal against Dublin. Like, you know, mm. like what was that like to score in front of the Hill Sixteen? Um, it was it was a great moment personally for myself because I wasn't doing well that season. Yeah. I got a bad in the first. Uh, you, you weren't first going, the, you weren't going that. Then it turned after that. No, no. I, wasn't, I was struggling with a hamstring injury and I wasn't getting on and probably I was breaking a few drink bands and stuff like that as you do when you're not when you're not uh, fully fit and you always say oh sure next week will do alright or, or you sneak away to your cosy corner and take a few pints nobody will ever find out but I seem to be always caught so um, I was always seem to be punished but anyway it, was, it wasn't going well for me it wasn't um, there was boys getting on before me that personally I thought it was better than but that's the rules of Gaelic and that's the rules of management. You have to be strong. I was took off. I started against Monaghan in the quarterfinal, I think it was, or the sorry, the, uh, the quarterfinal, and I was took off again. And I was about to be substituted for Marty Penrose in the Dublin game. Um, and I think it was, the story goes, Peter Canavan told Mickey just to keep me on for another five or six minutes just that he comes on to see can we, we, we do something. And... I don't know what came over me. I, I remember scoring goals like that when I was uh, a young fella. I used to, it was handier, uh, you know, running around, probably up the Cookstown Fire Auction, you were scoring at will. But to do it in, a, to, to do it in headquarters in front of uh, 70,000, 80,000 was something special for me and my family. So it was great. It was great because we were three points down as well and we needed to do something like that. And people saying, oh, well, what did you do when you got to, what did you do when you got to Cluxton? I... People says I placed that. I didn't. I just I just put the head down and just drove it. And lucky it went into lucky it went into the roof of the net. And as I said, the rest is history. But it was great because we had done. I seemed to it seemed to reignite my season. It, 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 it did. It did. It, 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 
give me a, a great buzz and a great, got me confidence back. And it just it just shows you like it just shows all our players there. If you're having a bad season or you're having a one one defining moment and one one bit of you know one bit of brilliance can take your season back. And that's what happened to me. Thank God. Yeah, like actually speaking of because one of the other questions in about um were you too relaxed when it came to drink and did you enjoy your youth too much like you know Um, I wish I had been more committed in my 30s Um, I I stopped playing for Drone or didn't make the Drone squad when I was 31 Um, but after that I was committed and uh, 31 right through my 40s (laughs) I I was training maybe two times a, a night or two times a day sorry and eating properly in 2000, or when you're 20s and 30s, nothing seemed to occur. I loved the night out. I loved the crack. Um, I loved, like, players now, there's no there's no tell of no Monday clubs. Like, they're straight on the weights again. Yeah. Um, it was a Monday and Tuesday club, and then you went to your training, and you'd maybe a few pints after training, and they were the best days with the players, and hearing stories. That's what, that's what, made, that's what made memories for us. But... I probably was too relaxed when it come to when it come to big days and big games. People are saying, but you you always played well in the big games. I always I, I'd like to think it did, but um, it was probably the games after that it maybe faltered. You know. Yeah. Uh, last one then, Owen. Uh, tell the yarn about the man with the parking tickets on the bike in Crookstown. <laughs> Sorry, there. That wasn't right. We clamped his bike. We clamped his bike. Um, it was the time the, the new clamps come in around Cookstown for parking, and uh, we, me and a friend, was up just getting the bike date, and we 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 put a clamp on his bike. Yeah. And it wasn't right. It wasn't right. Um, he come over and he says, "Did you see what happened?" And I says, "A uh, traffic warden's only out to tra- clamp on your bike there. Um, I think it's a hundred pound fine." Uh, he went completely ballistic. Just but as I said, we got into a bit of trouble. We got into a bit of trouble because we put up on social media and. With all the ones that's not right, not fella, and stuff like that. So, um, but I love to tell the tale. Okay, um, I have to ask you then as well, obviously, because I heard John uh, Paddy O'Shea's podcast here, or uh, or not Paddy O'Shea, Tomas O'Shea's podcast here last, yes. and um, he was talking. It was funny. He asked you about who take over from Mickey Mickey Hart, and uh, ever since Brian Doerr has gone on to do an excellent job. Like, what you think of your your former teammate uh, in the management role? Brian Doerr's a, a great man, um, unbelievably driven. We talk about young lads, and I, I sometimes I see it myself for the under twenties. We we niggle the injuries. I can't train the night, Muggsy. I have a wee, wee bit of a hurt here. You take a leaf. You take a leaf out of Brian Doerr's book. Brian Doher limped onto the training field, limped on the buses, limped on to, you know, matches. And all he always seemed to think, you can run this off. Five minutes, you get loosened up anyway. He is the ultimate warrior, just yeah. who I played with anyway. And it was a natural progression for him, I think, to go into management. He's the most probably respected man, bar Peter Canavan, round, round Tyrone. Um, the the one that sort of group there that Fergal Logan, uh, Canavan and Doer won the under twenty ones, um, probably at a canter, and then him to go into the seniors. You just you just hear the boys. I I heard the boys not choosing night to win the bar talking about him. You know he's still kind of half training with them. He's still doing runs after the training. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still yeah. doing like you know a, a two or three mile run after the training. 
you know. So he's just showing them lads away. But he was a he was a he was a deep thinker. He, he studied the game and he, he knew what he was talking about. And, and he had a, t- a conversation with him. And I rightly said my conversations might have been full of GAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I had shared a room with him in in Australia, and he says it was the worst nightmare. He had the worst two weeks of his life. So um, yeah. he's a great man, and as I said it's a natural progression for Duhar. Um, I'd say he'll be around for a long time, and you can be hell bound that he'll not be he'll not be satisfied in one. He'll be living to do it all. Was he the fittest on the Tyrone team? Was he? Okay. Uh, probably him and God rest him, Cormac and Al right. was probably um, one of the fittest. Yeah, and then I, uh, who was the best footballer you played with and played against? Um, I always say I always say Peter Callum. There's actually two. I always say Peter Callum, and so do for the obvious reasons. But um, as years go on, you seem to appreciate a wee fellow from our bow, Brian, centre half forward, the genius we used to call him. He probably made. I played with him minors under twenty ones and and seniors. And looking back, you probably think to yourself, if that ball didn't come in, you wouldn't be the player I was. And he put it in a sixpence for you. If you pointed left, he put it left. If you pointed to your chest, it'd be one bounce. He was streets ahead of everybody thinking, you yeah. know, he was be two or three moves ahead of you. So if you were saying, right, I'll run here, the ball would be put where you think thinking of going. So he was a class act, a class act. It would be probably him and Peter Canavan. Um, had some good battles with, with defenders in my day. I, I kind of denied this for years, but I never seemed to have a good game against Derry. If the supporters knew that, and probably the Derry team knew that as well. Niall McCusker had a great couple of battles with him. Sean Murray Lockhart, Kevin McGuckin was another one. And obviously, the obvious one would be probably Francie Value or Ma. Yeah. It was more of a, it was more of a tussle than any other one. But I'd say if I was to pick any one of them four, it'd probably Niall McCusker. He's marked me a couple of times, and he's given me, he's given me my fill of it. I want to ask you just about the the international rules because. You played in that a few times, did you? Like, it's kind of, it's after dying off a small bit. Is it like, because um, I used to love that, you know, at its peak, it was a great game, you know? So, but what, tell us about your time in it. Did you enjoy playing with Ireland in that? Um, we had only after won the, the, the 2005 All-Ireland. So, it was party on for me, to be honest with you. I didn't take it as serious. And I hadn't seen my mates in Australia in seven years. Right. So, I landed. It, I did a couple of training sessions and got out with them and you know the crack yourself when you haven't seen mates in a long time I remember saying to, I remember saying to Sean Marty Lockhart this is the, one of the best holidays I've ever been on yeah. and he says to me no, we're not in holiday mugs we're on tour I said right right but anyway I, I loved the game myself to be honest I, I loved the game myself I, I, thought, I thought it was a great game um, but I said that the, the, the GA I remember Mickey Hart was a very skeptical of it. He didn't like it. Why don't you go to GAA? Why don't you do this? I think it has day to day. I don't think I don't think there's any I don't think there's any room for it coming back. You didn't hear anything, no? No, no. So no, I see it myself. But I said, look at the players you get to play with. Like you get the Thomas Suchez, you played the Gooch, like different ones the whole way around the 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 country that you you, you watched. Yeah. Uh, year in year out you got to play with them train with them and to be honest we, 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 we had it off probably more than people thought because at the very start I remember the Kerry and Tyrone rivalry and the boys were saying geez these boys are not going to get on it was the total opposite we we were we were painting together and having the crack together and 
that was probably the, the, the problem. We were going into the games and we weren't a, a 100%, uh, as I said, fit. But as I said, I loved it and, and loved it here. Uh, final two questions then, one, I suppose. Tell me about that rivalry with Kerry. Like, um, would you would you fancy yourselves as the team of the decade? To be honest, they they had, they had more they had more all Ireland wins than us, I think. But when when tough got to tough, we we once we crossed the white line, I think there was there was no respect there. There was just it was just flat out uh, rivalry, and that's what you want. That's you brings out the best in you. And I loved playing them Kerry games. So that and everybody seemed to seemed to think that you know Kerry was that Kerry was the bar you had a Kerry was the bar you had a race to and and I say said that the list of the best came about if you want to win in Northern Ireland you have to beat Kerry and we did that in the semi final we we there's that clip with the ravenous dogs the tackling that kind of was installed in us if we if we can do that the full game and we did that and Kerry kind of stood off us and as I said. Tomas Shea came out a couple of times and says that you know they were probably the best team. You don't know. You don't know. It was it was it was brilliant rivalry. It was at the with no respect to each other when we got on the field, but off it, you know, you shook hands and, and they're great, great fellas. But as I said, who who knows? Who knows? Kerry's more our irons and thrown, so I think we we'll have to go by that. Well, I don't know. You you get my vote anyway. So um <laughs> why uh, yeah, even though my dad was a Kerry man, but I still vote you. Um, what uh, the other thing I want to ask Owen is, uh, what do you think of football nowadays? Because you're on about the Monday and the Tuesday clubs, like you know, it's it's yes. kind of a whole other yeah. level now, like you know, like the, it's only amateur name now, really, like you know. It has, it has, it's it's so professional at the minute. Like I see, I see now Morgan. He lives in Cookstown at the minute, and I see him out running, um, all over the all over the lot. And it's just one total professional. They're, you're eating your diets, you know. They've no time for parties. They've no time for drinks. You see them putting up their exercises and, and things like that. And they want to be streets ahead of everybody else. They want they want to peak. And you only had to look at Thrones Fitness last year from been beat uh, in Kerry, uh, completely annihilated. People were saying what's going on here. Till total opposite against Kerry in the semi final and then Mayo. Them boys were just totally tuned in athletes totally tuned in and that doesn't come from a Monday or Tuesday club that comes from a Monday club in the gym straight after it and recovery and that's the way it's went every team's the same you know you get your you get your drinks at the, the end of the season and that seems to be the, the the crack could I do it I don't think I could do it um, I know coming to the end of my career it was starting to creep in and um, the younger lads were going to the gym where the older boys were going to the pub so as I said the, the crack the crack made have been good but you were uh, hanging hanging at the back, uh, come run on a Tuesday night when you should have been up around the front showing the, the young lads how to do it. But as I said, it won, it's went full circle and it's, it's, the professionalism's unreal. Do you think the game is in a good place now? Because like a few years ago, they were, you know, in Dublin winning it all and, and it was gone very boring as well. It was forward, back or backwards and sideways. You know, do you think yeah. the game is in a good place? Eh, judging by the two games there and judging by last season I definitely would as you said it wasn't getting born for, for Dublin so it wasn't they were winning they put a lot of work in we'll never see we'll never see anything like that again but them teams were phenomenal they were just like as we say tuned in athletes they were just conveyor belt coming through and you know they put a lot of work in but as I said it's probably evened itself out now this last couple of years yeah um, it's especially you can actually watch games now it's not full blanket defence as yeah. I said 
could you play on that a couple of years ago? There's not a chance. You wouldn't Shane. You'd have bought it up. Could you score that goal against Dublin? Not a chance. So, you know, it's definitely, it's opened up. But you'll find that years gone by, there's always different um, managers who put different tactics in, in the games. And it's probably evolved a bit more that we can, we can break that down. And a word for your club then, Owen, uh, Cookstone, because like, uh, did you win a, an Ulster senior medal with them? Or like, what, what, what was, tell us we, what? We actually, Fieldstown won yesterday. We actually won two intermediate All Irelands with them. Um, um, great club. Uh, as I said, a lot of distraction with probably soccer in our club as well, or, or sorry, our, 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 our area. So if you have to kind of pick which one you want, but. As I said, we had the, the luxury of bringing Chris Lawn, a former teammate of mine in. Uh, that, I think it was 2010. And like Cookstown would be known as a, a towny bunch and soft bunch. And we kind of showed what we were and went on and lifted Northern Ireland. Uh, and then two, three years after it, unfortunately, we were relegated and had to go down to intermediate football again. And John McKeever came in of Antrim. He's over the McCrory Cup team at Holy Trinity now. Yeah. And we did this again. So... As much as you didn't want to be down there, you have to beat whoever's in front of you. And, and it was great times for Cookstown and great great love for the club. It's it's, it's great up there at the minute. So hopefully that can continue. Are you they won the junior championship there. Are, are you playing any more any, any more on? No, no. Oh, no. Too many birthdays. Too many birthdays. Right. And uh, finally, the, oh, geez, I can't think know what it was. Oh, yeah. That was the last question I wanted to ask you. Was your pub then? You have two pubs, one in Liverpool and one up in Cookstown. And is that what you're at now, full time, basically? That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at at the minute. Um, I was site managing over in London with JJ Radigan's big Galway club company, and they were very, very good to me. Yeah. But had a home, had a home due for the COVID and stuff. And uh, did that hit you hard? With the pub. What's that? Did that hit you hard? The COVID with the pub, you know? Ah, oh, absolutely. Pulling your hair out. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. Um, I don't think it, it hit us as hard as used down there. So yeah. um, there was the whole crack about the out out drinking out in the beer gardens and stuff. And like I know I remember being over in London and me and the like watching Liverpool and the duffel coat and the big like there's no there's no comfort in that you know going out and taking a pint you want boys sitting at the bar having the crack having the stick. Um, thank God it's come back to that now, but it definitely did. It, it hit us very hard and it was hard times for sure for a while, but. Thankfully, come in on Christmas. We had a good Christmas run there, and obviously January's very quiet. But as I said, Holy Trinity were in celebrating the other day, and hopefully we can get them in this Sunday as well for our celebration. Oh, definitely. Um, finally, then on, I do this with, with all my guests. Uh, 60, 60 seconds where I ask you questions on the spot. So, uh, okay. Yeah, favorite food. Chinese. Favorite golf course. Don't have one. Don't like golf. Don't know any. Uh, favorite holiday? Australia. Right. Leg day or chest day? Chest. Who would play you in a movie? <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan. Right. Go to karaoke song. Uh, I'm too sexy. My right said Fred. Right. Favourite chocolate bar? Oh, Galaxy Caramel. Biggest fear? Oh, be weary enough and hates, I would say. Best book you've ever read? Um, Gaz's. 
all the asteroids. Yeah, uh, uh, what's your favorite movie? Um, <laughs> Titanic. Right. And uh, finally, <laughs> on Westlife or Boys on? Oh, Westlife all the way. Look, Owen, thanks a minute for that. I must call up and have a pint up in your pub one that is. You're more than welcome, man. Call up surely and we'll get a start together. No bother. Thanks a million, Owen. Cheers. Thanks, thanks Owen. Good, and thanks for listening. And thanks again to Owen Mulligan. What a footballer he was. I still remember that goal against the Dubs in 2005. It's one of those sporting moments. You remember where you were when a thing like that happened. Pure class. I remember I was coming back from a trip down to Kerry and we pulled into some pub. I was young at the time to to get a bit of grub and watch it, crack and goal. Um, but yeah, that team in the noughties, what a team, you know, that won three All-Irelands and Owen Mulligan was definitely the, one of the main stars in that team. But uh, thanks to Owen and good luck with his pub. I must make sure to call in next time I'm up north. And um, remember, you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Until next time, where I'll have someone else from the world of sport on. Huh? I'm Neville O'Donoghue. I'm out of here and thanks for listening.